Look out, here comes The Blitz, a podcast dedicated to covering all the local sports in Sumter, Lee, and Clarendon counties. A member of the Item Podcast Network. Welcome back to another episode of The Blitz. I'm Tim Leibel, and on today's episode, we've got a special guest. You know, coming out of Lakewood, Grant Singleton, you know, played Division II basketball for four years. Before this season, he transferred to Fairleigh Dickinson. And if you're uh, now hearing that name connected to that school, you're probably not familiar with the game that I'm talking about where they played Purdue last Friday and were able to slay a giant, making one of the biggest upsets in the NCAA tournament this year before unfortunately ending their run a couple of days later. We talked with Grant about, you know, what it was like to play in an environment like that that and just his journey to get to FDU in the first place. So let's get to that conversation. All right. Well, let's just get right to it then, man. You know, you uh, are coming off of, you know, an unprecedented run um, in the NCAA tournament, obviously um, taking down Purdue last week, you know, before we kind of dive into everything, just what has what was kind of the aftermath of that for you guys um, to just kind of live through after pulling off an upset like that? Um, it was shocking at first. It was still a lot to take in immediately, but the the support we had and the the fans that came to support us, and even the the fans that weren't even from FDU supporting us, it was crazy. Um, the amount of attention we got, it was it was a lot to take in. Did you hear it from a lot of people from Sumter after that one? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know, and, and and what's it like to kind of have to, to play a basketball game after that too? You know, you have a pretty quick turnaround to play again on Sunday. Was was it kind of hard to to kind of re-engage after a game like that that was so wild? Oh, uh, yeah. At first, you know, everybody's still getting um, followers and tweets and out. So, you know, it was a little difficult at first, but um, as a team, we, we were so focused and we knew we had a lot more to do. Um, we're, we're, we're used to, you know, playing a lot of games back back to back to back. So, you know, we're, we're ready, um, focused on the game plan. So, but yeah, it was tough at first. I can't lie. Well, and, and what was kind of the mindset going into that one? Obviously, there is the uh, the now viral video of your head coach saying, the more I watch Purdue, the more I feel like we can win. But, you know, is that something that you guys kind of had to convince yourself going into that ballgame? Um, we were already convinced. He just uh, made it known to everybody else that we were convinced. Uh, we, always, we always had confidence in ourselves. Um, we knew if we would have made it that far, then you know, we had a chance. So, the video going viral was crazy because it just showed the confidence that he had in us and that we already had each other. So, absolutely, we're going to talk you know more about coach in a little bit, but you know, wanted to to get into you know that game in particular. You know, was there a moment during that ball game where it kind of clicked that you know you guys really have a chance of taking down you know a giant like Purdue? Um. Yeah. So our coach mainly just just focused on saying, you know, just make the game close. Stay around, stay around, stick with them. And then the last five minutes, just be the toughest team. And, and we knew that we were going to be the tougher team if we, if it got down to the wire. Um, the amount of pressure and pace we play at, uh, we knew we knew we could could stick around and, and be able to beat Purdue. Yeah, and with a ball game that's like that, I mean – 
you know, you, you mentioned wanting to keep it close. And as that's kind of going down the wire, you know, what is the key to, to not, you know, to staying kind of within yourselves in a moment that's that big? Uh, we use the term don't blink. You know, anything that happens, just don't blink next play. Because against a good team like that, they're number one for they were number one ring for a reason. So, you know, with a good team like that, if we bury ourselves, put our head down, then the game could change quick. So we just staying together, communicate with each other. Um, everybody keeping their head up, you know, just, just staying right there with them. And that was, that was big for us. Yeah, and, you know, you, you know, a lot has been said afterwards about you guys being the smallest team in the country. And talk a little bit about kind of the pride that kind of comes with being able to take a, a team down with, you know, the height that Purdue obviously has in the middle there. Um, with, you know, that having that smallest team in the, in the country kind of on your back there. Um, you know, just, just, sticking, just sticking to what we do. We knew we knew uh, that you know a lot of high majors with height. You know they want to play in the half court and play slow ball and get the ball inside. <clears throat> but you know just just helping each other out. You know guards helping the bigs rebound. Um, just playing at our pace, using our press to our advantage. Um, just playing physical and being a more gritty team. Just going after loose balls, getting everything that comes off the glass. You know that was the most important thing for it. Absolutely, you know and. Um... You, going into that that following game on Sunday, you know, tell me a little bit about what it was like to you know have another grind right after that. And you know, is, is it kind of just taxing to have two games like that in a row where you know every possession really counted all night long? Uh, it it we we we're a team that that has been going just like any other team during the summer, but. We've been going super, super hard, and we believe that really no team worked as hard as us from July to until that point. And you know, we 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 believed in our in ourselves to to be able to recover and you know stay somewhat healthy to be able to play a team like FAU. You know, we we matched up a little better with them, but you know, it was it was all around good fight. You know, we just wanted to, like I said, keep it close until the end and, and try to get a win. But you know. Things happened. It didn't go in our favor, but we did. We did play. We did play um, uh, surprisingly well for the games being so close. Yeah, and, and for you to kind of you know wrap up a college career with a, a whirlwind like this, just w- what was that experience like for you to kind of you know have such a massive highlight, um, you know, down the stretch in your your final games in college? Um, it was amazing. Um. You know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime experience. You know, as a kid, you always want to get to the NCAA tournament. And for me, I know coming from D2 for four years, that dream didn't look so good at first. But, you know, um, everything happens for a reason. And when I when I, um, when I got that view, I knew I was going to take full advantage of the opportunity. So just to end my college career out like that was amazing. Yeah, and, you know, you guys kind of had your backs against the wall from the beginning, you know, with this – um, you know, championship or this tournament run almost didn't happen with, you know, falling to, to Merrimack by a point and then, you know, being able to, to qualify based on their um, being ineligible. You know, what was that like for you guys to just go through just, you know, hearing chatter from people on the outside saying like, oh, you guys didn't earn your spot, which I'm sure <laughs> you guys heard a lot, you know, in the in the time between. Um, conference tournament time and that that playing game. Yeah, we yeah, it was a lot of talk. You know, if you, if 
you went anywhere on social media, you saw it. But, you know, just leaving it in the back of our heads as fuel, but just, but still focusing on the main goal. Um, they're, they're a really good team. We played them tough. We beat them twice during the beginning of the year, but it's hard to beat a team like that three times. So, you know, they're a really tough team. But, you know, we just kept that. We just kept those those comments in the back of our heads, you know, use it as fuel into the tournament to show that we belong. And, um, you know, not just to go there and just play a game and say we made it to the tournament, but just to, to show that we that we were a team that belonged there with, with all the other talent and all the other high-major teams. Yeah, and did, did a lot of that talk kind of make, you know, not only winning that, that playing game, beating Purdue, did that did that make that a little bit more satisfying, just knowing all the people that kind of said that you guys didn't earn your way? Yeah, because it, at that point it was like, what are you going to say now, you know, that we didn't belong, but we did belong, you know. But um, it, it, was, it, was, it was crazy because, you know, some people may still think, that you know we didn't deserve it, but you know the the best the best thing to do is just to silence it with our game. And that's what we did. Absolutely, and let's talk a little bit about how you got to FDU in the first place. You know, obviously, you know your head coach from St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, takes the job there. But before that, what was kind of your plan for what you were doing next with that extra year of eligibility that you had? Were you always committed to playing basketball again? Was it originally, you know, coming back to St. Thomas Aquinas? What was kind of the thought process before he takes that job at FDU? Um, actually, my, my thought, I was, I was actually coming back to my fifth year at St. Thomas Aquinas. I wanted to uh, finish where I started at, you know, at a place that, that made it home for me for four years. And then um, the coaching change happened, which is really tough to take in at first. You know, um, being so sudden at the end of the season after I made my commitment to state. But uh, Coach Anderson is a, a great guy. You know, I trust. I trust his. I trust his his decisions. And you know, it's all about uh, to better your situation for yourself and for your family. So I, I completely understood his reasoning. And you know, he he's the one that took a chance on me. My um, my senior year playing AAU. I was in my last AAU game. And he uh he got he got me my my offer to go there. So, you know, I I really been following him for a long time. He's a great guy, and you know, I knew I knew the decision to follow him wasn't gonna be hard. So, absolutely, you know, you come over with uh you know a couple of teammates from you know say Thomas Aquinas, and and what was that process like of kind of walking into the room with what FDU kind of was before you guys got there with the experience and success that you'd had, um, you know, in your previous stop with Coach Anderson? Was there, you know, kind of a breaking in period for you guys? Um, you know, it's always a, a, a gaining chemistry thing, but when you, if, if you come in, came in the locker room, you know, it's a bunch of guys that look ready to work, but just didn't, but just didn't really have the, this, the right situation to, you know, to be able to perform and play as hard as they could. But, you know, it didn't take long for us to figure it out. Uh, we won 20 games this year. And, you know, we, we learned a lot through the, through the way, you know, if we if we had another year, it would have been, it would have been, you know, a lot crazier than even this year. So it, they were already ready to work. We just had to, you know, put everything, put all the pieces together. Yeah, and, you know, was there kind of an adjustment process for you for adjusting to Division One basketball compared to Division Two? What kind of differences did you notice between kind of the two levels? 
obviously the size was the the main difference. You know, bigs are a lot taller, but as far as talent and hard and teams playing hard, it's it's exactly the same. D two had great teams, um, especially when we when you go to the um, D two tournament, it, it's great teams there. Teams with a lot of talent and athleticism, but you know, uh, Division One, you know, mostly gets all the size. So you know, that's really the main difference. Yeah, and you know, did it help kind of staying in the same kind of general area? You know, staying up in the Northeast and not not too big of a move for you guys to to make that move over. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. You know, you, you stand by close to people that you know, staying close to the area that you're familiar with. Um, it, it was it was a. Uh, it, like I said, it was it was it was the best decision I could have made because, you know, I'm familiar with the area. I have people um, that are around me that are familiar with the area, like the people that came with me. So, you know, it was it wasn't too bad. Absolutely, and you know, I'd love to talk a little bit about kind of how you ended up at at St. Thomas Aquinas in the first place. You you touched on it a little bit there, kind of you know being late in the process. But you know, what was recruitment like for you, kind of coming out of high school? You know basketball was not kind of seen the same back then as it was now that, you know, John Morant is, you know, a big star in the NBA coming from here. So, um, and even still can be tough for guys to kind of get looks on the basketball scene coming out from here. So what was that process like for you? Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, John Morant, I've opened a lot of doors now, but for me back then, um, I had an offer from Coker and Newberry, but, you know, those are local schools. I kind of wanted to get away from the South Carolina scene. And I was in my last AAU game ever. And I, got, I, had, I had a great game, but, you know, I didn't really see any coaches in the gym. So, you know, at that point, I, I thought I was going to have to stay home or stay local. But I ended up getting a text from Coach Anderson, like, as soon as I got back to the hotel. And and from then, I, I love what he was saying. He he was very, very interested, and it was a place that I can tell that he wanted he wanted me there, and, you know, not just a place I, I felt that I wanted to go to, but, you know, just wasn't getting the right love. You know, he, he, was, a, he was a family guy from the start, so the decision, the decision to go there was easy. Absolutely, and, you know, tell me a little bit about the relationship that you've been able to build with him, you know, now over the last five years, going with him to FDU, just, you know, what has it meant to kind of get to play with one coach for that long and, and be able to kind of build that relationship on the court? Uh, it's amazing because, you know, on, on the court, you're really an extension of your coach. And, you know, building that relationship over a certain time, it got to a point where I already know what I need to do at a certain time without him even having to say anything because of that relationship we built and that, that it rubbed off on me. You know, quick because we're kind of the, we played it like we're kind of the same. You know, he the pace that he plays at is how I play. I'm fast, and you know, good. And he's a good decision maker, and I'm a good decision maker. So, you know, it, it the relationship just clicked. Absolutely, and then you came in at the same time as uh, Dimitri, right? And then, um, and then uh, Sean came in a little bit after the two of you guys. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about kind of being able to to get long stretches with those two at two different stops, and you know what it was like to kind of grow together and and get to kind of have that highlight moment against against Purdue as the three of you guys together. Uh, it, was, it was amazing, you know. Me and me and Dimitri, we've been roommates for five years, and we've been we came here at the same time, 
And, you know, we're from different parts. You know, Sean Moore's from Columbus. Dimitri's from Mount Vernon in New York. So, you know, it was, it was you know, three from three different places just coming together. You learn a lot. Um, we learned a lot from each other, uh, especially me and Dimitri being, you know, undersized, having to work so hard. Uh, we were always in the gym together, so we, we clicked a lot. And, you know, I'm learning things from New York. He's learning things from the South. So, and then Sean Moore came in a little later, and you know, I'm learning things from Ohio. So it was it was great. And to, to share that moment at Purdue, um, after the Purdue game, it was amazing how hard we worked. And, you know, saying I was thinking of memories because, you know, we never thought that we would be one, you know, being overlooked in, in high school with no Division One offers, you know, staying at D2. So, you know, that, that was a moment that we, we really, really enjoyed together. Yeah, and, you know, for you guys, too, you know, I'm sure for a lot of people on the, you know, outside that just kind of, you know, watch the the NCAA tournament and, and just kind of pay attention to the top seeds or their favorite team, you know, what does it mean to just be able to play in a tournament game like that, to play in that play-in game? And, and you know, not even just, you know, the win over Purdue that, you know, gets the big headlines, but to even just to get to play in that game after, you know, spending four years in Division Two and obviously not – getting a chance to, 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 you know, play in something like that, you know, what did it mean to even just be on that stage? Uh, it was, it was crazy. Uh, I, I seen something on Twitter saying it was like the most watched game and, you know, and, and that's what, that's what we, that's what we live for as a division two player coming to division one, because at St. Thomas Aquinas, our gym wasn't big at all. Um, it's the, the ceiling is, I'm closing in on the floor. So to be there in, in Nationwide Arena where there's there's people sitting all the way at the top and the bottom is packed, it's, it's a crazy experience. Yeah, I mean, it's it's still kind of the same with, with FDU too. You know, I, I know a lot of people kind of posted online the side-by-sides of your arena and playing – and what Purdue kind of is used to playing in the moment. And what was it like to kind of, you know, be in a bigger arena like that where, you know, you guys not necessarily getting a ton of opportunities to kind of play in a place like that? Um, it, it, was, it was good, but, you know, we we knew that, uh, you know, Purdue is used to that. Like you said, Purdue is used to that. We're not used to that. So, you know, we're just going out showing that, that we belong. And, you know, we, we knew – our backs weren't against the wall. weren't against the wall, really. We we just out there playing free, playing playing like how we how you just play in open gym, you know, playing our game, playing with extreme confidence, and you know we just wanted to put the pressure on Purdue, and and we could see that look in our eyes, and that took the pressure off of us. Absolutely, and you know we touched on it a little bit before, but you know what did it mean to kind of you know hear from the folks back here in Sumter um, throughout this run, and to kind of have that support from back home as you were going through uh, this process this year? Oh, uh, it meant it meant a lot. You know, you you love you love getting that support from your hometown. You know, that's the that's the best support, the support right from right from your hometown. And, and I, I've uh, I've been in D two for a long time, so people probably haven't heard from me in a, in a long time. And just to see that people still remember me from you know even Lakewood, and it, it, it meant a lot. 
Yeah, and you know, too, what does it mean to to see how basketball is starting to kind of grow out from Sumter? Just from, you know, obviously there have been some good athletes coming out of this area, but now people are obviously starting to see it a little bit more. Ja, obviously being, uh, you know, the biggest name in that group, you're, uh, you know, you kind of help put that Sumter on the map a little bit more with a game like you guys had against Purdue. And then, you know, guys like C.J. Felder down in Florida coming from uh, Boston College before that. Isaiah Moore bouncing around a couple of Division One programs as another Sumter High guy. And, and seeing, you know, guys starting to kind of get a little bit more opportunities in the basketball world out of a city like this. Um, it's great because, you know, recruiting is all based on ranking and, you know, how how loved you are across the country but you know the the names that you name you know we're just showing that you you can you can make it from a small town if you just put the work in and you know rankings don't matter you know you, you get on the floor and and it's, it's man to man at that point so you know just just to be just to be able to give kids the, the confidence that you know i can do this too or i can make it there if i just put in the work and you know, that's, it's, a, it's a great feeling. Absolutely. And tell me a little bit about kind of your, your future plans now, you know. Um, five years of college basketball now in the books. What is next for, for Grant Singleton? Uh, what's next for me? Um, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking to play uh, professionally next season. Um, I love basketball a lot, so it's, it's hard for the ball to stop bouncing for me, but I'm a, um, I'm gonna look to play professionally next year. Absolutely. Have have you know you, you kind of started to put feelers out for what kind of leagues you'd be able to play in, or is that kind of what the next couple of months look like? Is kind of now that you know the playing time is done this season, you can kind of start turning your attention to that. Yeah, uh, I, I was hearing it a lot during the season. Um, I had a, I had a pretty decent season, and but you know my main focus was on you know, getting to the tournament and winning in the tournament. So I really wasn't paying attention to that stuff. But as as I circle back around to it now after the season when I have a lot more time to focus and talk to different people about it, um, now the time where I'm starting to look into leagues and, and look into a place where I'm comfortable playing at. Absolutely. Well, Grant, I think that's all I've got for you. Thank you so much for, for taking the time. I, I'm sure you've got a, a busy schedule now after, you know, the whirlwind that has been the last couple of weeks. So thanks for uh, giving me some time, man. Yeah, no problem at all. And that'll do it for this week's episode of The Blitz. Thanks again to Grant for, for taking some time to chat with us. And, you know, we're looking forward to seeing what's next in his basketball career. Also on the item this week, we've got the grind with the Wells sisters, Nicole and Simone, who are standout track athletes at Sumter High School. And, you know, Nicole as a senior and Simone as an eighth grader, you know, passing the baton from the younger sibling to the younger. For the Item Podcast Network and Studio Sumter, I'm Tim Leibel. Thanks for listening.